Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hello, hello out there. Everybody points all the way around the globe. Uh, we're streaming out here from Chicago, Illinois on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And uh, again, Faith Marketplace equips individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boys, fasten your seatbelts because I got a great one today. I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. While most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top line revenue within 12 to 18 months. So here at Samurai, we we share with you that we put the win back in your sales. <laughs> and I like to I have the privilege and honor of introducing you to a great guy. We've known each other now probably about half a year. I uh, finally roped him into an interview here. So, uh, no, he came very willingly, believe me, folks. I'd like to introduce you to Josh Moore. He is uh, a consulting manager with one of the big consulting firm, a global management consulting firm whose name we won't reveal, but I, it starts with a D. So uh, you can take a guess at that or a stab at what that is. Uh, and he's right here operating out of Chicago, but travels all over the country. Welcome, Josh. Thanks, Bob. Glad to be here. Yeah, I was so excited about this because uh, one of the things the, the uh, audience will take away today is, is some real enlightenment. You know, over this last year and a half, I've gotten a huge enlightenment about what's going on with large firms, uh, firms like yourself, the, the tech world, what's happening there. So today is going to be very enlightening for our audience. But first of all, uh, you gave me a quote, uh, and I'd like for the audience to you tell the audience a quote, and why is that important to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the quote's out of 1 Corinthians. It's uh, Paul, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, uh, which says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Um, I remember the, the place I was when I first read this verse. Uh, it was uh, between in my college years, and I was kind of wrestling with the whole tension of the secular, secular and sacred world. Um, and I found a lot of comfort in this verse, knowing that, you know, I think a lot of times we can struggle with burnout, we can struggle with lack of purpose, we can really struggle with whether God is, you know, has any sort of meaning for what we're doing. Um, and this verse gives us a promise, which is that if when we're always abounding in the work of the Lord, we can know that in the Lord, our labor is not in vain. Yeah. That that is awesome. I gotta tell you. Um, also, let, you know, let the audience know today because we've got a lot we're going to cover, and hopefully, we can cover it boldly today. But what are the key takeaways you want the audience to get out of our conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the first I would say would be that God has a specific and eternal purpose for your work. Uh, I, I think most of the Christians that I interact with in my workplace or just, you know, Christian friends that I have in, in other companies struggle 
uh, with their purpose in work. They feel lost. They feel like they're at odds with God's calling and God's will for their lives. Uh, and, you know, they may view work as just a means to an end. They may feel that tension between the secular and sacred divides. Um, but, you know, what I've learned is that there is no secular sacred divide. And that we glorify God when we work for him, when he is our boss, when we're working for King Jesus, doing kingdom work. Um, and, you know, there's innate glory in the excellence of, of work. I think we'll cover some some quotes that have been meaningful to me later on. Uh, but we have opportunities every single day to build relationships with other people and to influence the world. Uh, you, you look at a lot of these companies, they are influencing the world. And throughout scripture, there's a reason why the prophets, there's a reason why the apostles were in the city square, mm. because that was the place of influence. And that is the place of influence today. And uh, I'm just seeing, you know, God using Christians all over the place yeah. um, to build his kingdom and, and to, you know, kind of create this eternal purpose that I think a lot of us look for. You know, I, I think Billy, uh, Billy, uh, um, oh God, I'm losing his name. Um, Billy Graham really said it best, right? The next revival in this country is going to be in the marketplace and businesses. And he was absolutely yeah. right. And I've seen that happening. And boy, what a, you know, I want to be, this is going to be a lot of encouragement for people today, particularly uh, what you've seen, Josh, and what you're involved in globally, but more importantly, with uh, companies that you and people that we would think were really far away from this and how important, much more important it is today. But uh, let's Absolutely. give uh, the audience a little bit about Josh. Yeah, would you come out a bounce a baby Christian boy? Uh, what's your testimony, your <laughs> buddy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I was born and raised in Indianapolis. So you know, Midwestern values, uh, haven't, haven't, uh, gone too far from home living in Chicago. Um, and you know, I'm a huge Indiana sports fan, even living in Chicago. So, you know, I'm used to lots of disappointment, uh, in my life. Um, but yeah, no, you know, I grew up in a tight knit family. Uh, it was a family that, uh, really instilled strong Christian values in my life early on from the earliest I can remember. I just remember getting the grace of God, which is this unbelievable blessing that I honestly don't think I've been able to fully comprehend. Um, you know, my dad was, was my role model, uh, and, and kind of hero. He still is. He modeled what it looked like to pursue Christ, to sacrificially love and lead. My mom was kind of my most emotional support growing up and set the tone for investing in other people. Um, and yeah, it's early as I can remember, I had kind of a basic, you know, fundamental understanding of the gospel. Uh, I was a pretty stubborn kid. I liked to do what I what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, my my parents loved to tell lots of stories. Uh, <laughs> you know, of, of me being a stubborn kid. So for me, it was it was easy. Like I knew I was a sinner. You know, I knew I, yeah. I I hurt other people. I knew I was in need of of help. Um. And I yeah, I can remember this time when I was in seven or eight or seven or eight. I think we were living in Buffalo, New York, for a few years. And I remember sitting in church and just overcome with the presence of the Holy spirit wow. and just feeling peace, even, you know, even at a young kid. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, a lot of my story is, is, um, more about a walk with Jesus mm -hmm. than it is about radical transformation. I read a book called gospel wakefulness a few years ago mm -hmm. that talked about how we get the gospel and how we understand grace. And he gave there's, he said for, for most folks, it's one of two things. It's either a light bulb moment, where it's radical transformation, it's, you know, a Paul-like moment, or for others, it's a sunrise, where it's this gradual, or, sorry, gradual unveiling of the grace of God. Um, 
And so for me, it was more about, you know, that sanctification process, that process of pursuing Christ day in and day out. Yeah, that's great. Uh, You know, I've had many guests on the show that kind of shared that, you know, uh, they knew, you know, growing up in the church, this thing, and I certainly can raise my hand with that, kind of checking the box, but really didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So when was that time that you really realized that, Josh? When, when, what time frame would that be? And and some people, it's multiple times, but sounds like you were on a path or getting to know him pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, God took hold of my heart very early. Um, and I think I've been realizing that's more about God pursuing me than me pursuing him. But, uh, you know, middle school was, was when I started to really, I'm an an engineer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I'm a nerd. Uh, (laughs) and I started really exploring kind of the, you know, the logical side of the faith, understanding apologetics and really trying to figure out why do I believe this? I think that was very formative. Um, and then I had, you know, I had a, a pretty profound experience in high school. Um, and I think I even go back to that, those years when I think about why is God real? Mm. Because I got this, the spirit of God transform people mm. and completely change people from the inside out. Um, I was, I went to a, a small private school, um, for high school and up until high school, I was at a Christian school, you know, classical Christian, right? So mm-hmm. very conservative, very sheltered, uh, and went to this elite private school that was actually pretty um, adversarial mm. uh, against religion. They, uh. they didn't allow any religious activity. Wow. They, uh, I, had, I had a teachers that uh, would, you know, get mad at me because of my faith. And I had wow. a teacher that would rip the Bible, that ripped the Bible in one class. Um, so it was a really tough, environment for me. Mm-hmm. And I was real, I, I, you know, considered leaving. Um, but my sophomore year, I decided to start a youth group at my house. Uh, mm-hmm. We couldn't meet on campus. So we met at my house. We started with three people. And by the end of one semester, I had, I think there were 40 to 60 students coming every single week. Wow. Uh, and we only had 450 students <laughs> in our high school. Uh, That's and great. So it, yeah, it changed the culture of the high school. And I think that for me, I, that's when I saw a taste of what God can do. That's yeah. when I saw kind of the framework of being in the world, but not of the world and how to win others to Christ and advance God's kingdom. Um, yeah. I love that, man. That is great. What a great story. And obviously early on, God was uh, ordaining you for leadership, you know, and pulling things together. <laughs> you got to stick around, folks, for the rest of the story here, because we got a lot more to go through. But are you looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that helps you grow professionally, spiritually, and personally? Well, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming here in the Chicagoland area, and I'm proud to say we're now in nine states. So God's loading up this bullet train to be taken off. So if you want to know more about it, just reach out to me at 847-922-1498, whether by uh, voicemail or text, and I will promise you I will get back to you. And also, if you know any other people around the country that would be interested in this, please let me know. We're going to be right back with my host, Josh Moore. 
This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. We're back here with my special guest, Josh Moore. He's with a global management uh, firm, a consulting firm, and uh, he's also a practice, practice director there. So why don't we share with the audience a little bit, what's that mean, Josh, and what kind of clientele do you serve, and how do you serve them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm a consulting manager, uh, specifically in our technology consulting practice. So mm-hmm. we actually serve 80% of the Fortune 500 companies wow. globally. Wow. Uh, yeah, we have, uh, I think last I checked, 130,000 employees in the U.S., 300,000 globally. Um, and we're, you know, we're kind of differentiated because a lot of management consulting firms will play in kind of a niche space, whether that's an industry or a type of work. And because of our size, we really kind of do it all. And so I have the, I'm a little bit on the technical side, but I have the privilege of doing everything from strategy and advisory to implementation and, you know, the actual uh, delivery of work and then uh, helping uh, kind of partner with, with our uh, clients for five, six years and kind of help them upgrade their technology over decades. Oh, wow. What, what is typically a, a common problem or a, a kind of a generic problem that people come to you with? Yeah, um, I'd say there's two big lumps. You know, one is help uh, with their their five to ten year strategy, and okay. so they don't they you know they know where they are today, but they don't know where they're going in the future. And so we will help come in and help them shape that. We'll uh, you know take best practices from other companies and industries and um, help them yeah help them uh, understand where they need to go. And then the second piece would be you know, they actually need someone to get in there and to do the work. Uh, and so we have, we're structured in a way where we're able to kind of spin up, you know, teams of, I've been on teams where there's 500 people. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, you know, coding and, and, and doing development and building these, you know, highly complex integrated global systems for some of the largest companies in the world. Yeah. Now, I have to ask this question because I, I, I didn't really get specific into your degree, but I know that you're a Boilermaker, so that's a uni- Purdue University, Absolutely. great school, <laughs> and you're an engi- engineer, as they say. So uh, <laughs> w- did, would you specialize in, in, uh, in uh, you know, technology as an engineer? I, I, I didn't, actually. I studied industrial engineering mm. uh, because I wanted an engineering degree, but I wanted to be as business centric as I could. And so I, I complemented it with minors in entrepreneurship and economics. And uh-huh. then, you know, God had different plans when I joined Deloitte thinking, you know, I'm going to be doing business problems. And then I was on a technology client. And then ever since I've been uh, getting more and more technical. Yeah. How, it, tell us about that. So making that transition, how's that been for you? It's, uh, it's been good. I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of it is, uh, you have to have an aptitude and an appetite for learning. Mm. Uh, I think no matter, you know, how long you've done something, no longer, no, no matter how, how good of a relationship you have with your clients, uh, always coming in with the, you know, with that curiosity, Mm. um, and, and being able to learn from other people and other experiences. Uh, it's been a lot of on the job training and a lot of learning from, you know, some of the, some of the companies out there that are doing it best. Yeah, and the other thing too about it is, 
uh, you're on the bleeding edge of this stuff. I mean, my goodness, this Moore's law is no longer applicable, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it certainly was probably named after you, no doubt. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, the pace of this, uh, Josh, is yeah. how do you guys keep up with this? Because obviously you're at the leading edge and you're trying to consult a company, yeah. giving them best practices and do all that stuff. But best practices today can shift and be, you know, <laughs> obsolete tomorrow so how, how do you guys Absolutely. how do you get your head around that stuff and yeah, how do you give the guidance yeah it's you know so, so two things one is when i when i i because i ask my you know i ask my leaders that mm-hmm. question all the time and yeah. what you see from people that have been in you know i've been in consulting six years mm-hmm. but people who have been in consulting for decades they are ver- voracious readers. Yes, they're okay. reading a book or more a week, right? right? And they're you know every article that's coming out on Wall Street Journal and the look on on gosh, on um, uh, on New York Times, right? right? Technology, they're, they're yeah, right. yeah. And so that's that's one piece. And I think the other piece is you know fortunately a lot of our clients don't adopt the leading edge technology right they want to know about it but they want to see how it plays out for you know five years and then they adopt it so it gives us a little bit more time to to learn and and kind of figure out the technology before we're implementing yeah it's painful being an early adopter (laughs) yeah Yeah. i am not an (laughs) early adopter and technology i will tell you up front at my age is really not my friend (laughs) because i love it and i i enjoy it but you know it's just uh it's going at a pace that just out distances me you know so yeah i I go to guys like like, you (laughs) yeah it's kind of like you know buying (laughs) the current year's model of a car, right? right? Like no one wants to do that. They want right. to buy a used car after two to three years, make right. sure all the kinks are, right. you know, are out and then they'll, and then they'll be interested in buying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But at the pace this is traveling and especially at the size, you know, one of the things I am curious about because you're playing in a big arena and you've got a lot of competition out there, you know, that you're, you're uh, doing. So what makes what you do and your company unique in, in as much as what you do? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, one piece is the size, which I think mm-hmm. is, uh, is really helpful that we're able to, you know, when we come on, we're able to do everything, mm-hmm. right? And if we don't know something, there's, because we're so large, we don't have to go external right. to get the answer. We can go to other folks. And that's, that's honestly how I survive at, at, at my company with, you know, the, the level of complexity and, and new things that I'm uh, trying to tackle every day. I think the other piece the other big differentiator is all on the talent experience. Mm. Uh, at the okay. end of the day, consulting is a services yep. company, and we, you know, we provide people, yep. right? We provide insight. We provide um, kind of that 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 individual care. And so, if we can provide the best talent experience for our people, the best people are going to want to work at our company, yeah. uh, and they're going to want to stay, and they're going to want to build careers, and they're uh, you know, they're going to want to do better work. Uh, and so the best, the best talent experience we can provide is going to continue to differentiate us. Yeah. I know I want to keep my powder dry for the last segment, but it, you're really, you're, you're right there at that point where I got to jump a little bit because, you know, uh, and with the, I, I really want our listeners to take away today from a person like yourself that has a lot of knowledge and, and global experience and things like that as to how God is moving in these companies and how you've seen it in his perspective. And also just a little bit background as far as, uh, 
particularly since we're on the company, how you've seen or how you've been able to enter into that, what you just call either ERGs, employee resource groups, or you had another one in a BRG. What's that mean? Business resource group. A lot okay. of a lot of companies call it different things. At my firm, we call it communities. Um, okay. But yeah, it's all the same thing. Yeah, you, you know, it's uh, over the last 20, 25 years, we've seen this complete change in how workplaces are approaching faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, 60% of the Fortune 100 companies have faith-based activities, whether that's mm. an ERG, BRG community, yep. whether that's that they're including it somewhat in their you know recruiting or talent experience. Um, and I think the, you know, a lot, there are a couple of reasons for that, but the largest reason would be that, w- that the faith movement has kind of been able to piggyback on the larger focus on talent experience and on DE&I right. over the last 20 years and mm-hmm. particularly in the last three years since COVID and, and right. George Floyd. Uh, and my firm has been no different. We've seen an incredible uh, openness to the concept of faith and work in a, in a way that we had not seen for literally 40 or 50 years. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to that companies realize that for their stats on this, 80% of the U.S. identifies as spiritual and religious. Mm. And of that 80%, 80% say that their spirituality, their religion is the most important part of who they are. And so okay. if companies want to get serious about inviting an individual's authentic selves to work, they have to include faith. Mm-hmm. And they have to do it in a way that's respectful, that upholds corporate values. But uh, we're seeing more and more companies, in particular with Silicon Valley um, and some of the kind of top 10, top 20 companies on the Fortune 100 list, uh, really lead the way. Well, now, you know, we had a bit of a conversation, uh, you know, talking about this. And obviously there's... Uh, Two different sides to your company. There's the consulting side, and then there's a more conservative side that gets into finance and that kind of thing. So um, you kind of share it with me. That's a little bit slower go on that side of the practice, you know. Right. So why do you think that is? <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because I think a lot of the um, yeah a lot of the companies that you're seeing that are getting serious about talent, serious about D and I, are the companies that are most innovative. So mm-hmm. a lot of technology companies, because that's rapidly changing, right. a lot of the companies with intense competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, we're a little bit more insulated. And um, you know, for us, our, our brand matters given the type of work we do. Sure. And so with that environment, you tend to get uh, a firm that's a little bit more risk averse and a little bit more willing to kind of see what everyone does before they're, they uh, follow along. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's going to be a challenge. And stay tuned, folks, because we're going to get back in that. We're going to go take a deep dive into this with Josh because he's got a lot of stuff. So pay attention. You got to keep on here. So uh, I'm proud to announce and welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Please get out there and check it out faithmarketplace.com. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small, mid-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With our vast experience, Inbound Studio builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. And I can tell you right now, in conversation just yesterday, he's doubled his size. So you got to go out there and check him out. I encourage you to check him out at 
inboundstudio.studio. Again, that's inboundstudio.studio. We're going to be right back with my guest, Josh Moore. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Josh Moore. He's the consulting manager in technology at Global Management Consulting Firm. And uh, Josh, you know, we we started with, we started to dip our toe into it, you know, as far as how you got involved and and um, as this has evolved for you, and you've become quite a global figure as far as faith and work movement. So um, I, let's let's talk about that. How does this all get started? And, and and give us give our audience a little peek into, <laughs> especially with big multinational firms, how all this starts to starts to happen. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, Bob. Um, yeah, so I it was funny. My I think it was my first or second week at the firm. Uh, one of my good friends who actually now is my wife uh, and was working at the firm as well, forwarded me an invite uh, for something uh, that was, you know, sort of had an ambiguous title. Uh, I joined and it was a one hour call where they had folks from around the world, from India, South Africa, the UK, sharing about what God was doing in their workplace fellowships. Mm. And then 30 minutes in, David Platt gets on the line and talks about God's purpose for your work. And oh boy. I immediately was blown away. Uh, I wanted to be part of it. Uh, and so I sent an email to, over to the folks that were organizing the call saying I'd love to hop on and, and help. And the next week I got on a call with the, the individual that was managing it. He said, Josh, I've been doing this for three or four years. I'm tired. Here you go. <laughs> uh, and at that point, you know, two weeks into the firm, I, in, I inherited our Christian fellowship, our global Christian fellowship um, that's been around for over 40 years. Uh, we have 2,500 people wow. that are part of the, the global Christian fellowship, 115 offices, 23 countries, including countries that have restricted access to the gospel. Oh, wow. Uh, where people are joining our calls, they're joining their workplace fellowships, and they're not put, able to put their last name, or they're not able to go on camera uh, mm. for security purposes. Right. Uh, and so, I, you know, that, that experience over the last, I, I managed that for five or six years, and that experience completely changed my approach to work. Mm-hmm. It completely <laughs> changed my view on what God can do, how, how God's kingdom can be advanced. Uh, and it was in late 2019 that I decided with other leaders to really try to make another effort at creating a, a BRG uh, for for my global company. Uh, while that workplace fellowship had existed for years, it was not official. So mm, it was word okay. of mouth. It was yeah. people joining a distribution list. I uh, pulled together the business case, uh, and you know we were faced with incredible opposition. I talked about right. the the risk aversion. Yep. Uh, I talked about you know the fact that really the the idea was flat out rejected many times, and mm-hmm. we got all sorts of things. You know we got uh, people, we got Christians that were afraid to join us because they didn't want to put their necks on the line. We had people saying you know unless no one's offended, we're not doing this. Oh <laughs> like, wow. You know, when when is anything? <laughs> yeah, not offensive. Not, yeah, not right. Offended anyone? Right. Right. Um, and, you know, we had people that, like, compared religion to, like, white supremacy and hate wow. groups. We had all sorts of wow. crazy things happening. Um, but over time, we began to build momentum. We pulled together a business case, you know, some of the stats that I shared earlier on authentic self and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
broad stats of what God is doing in Fortune 100 companies. Uh, we use, and the cool thing is we use DEI's language, right? We talked about culture of courage, place of belonging, authentic self. Um, the funny thing is I actually helped launch groups at other companies at some of my competitors to help us along to say, hey, they've done it. Why can't we do it? Oh, that's great. Um, that's and great. yeah, after after three years, I think it was last March, we had a conversation with our <laughs> DEI leaders, with all of our CEOs, and they gave us official approval to create an interfaith <laughs> BRG um, with faith communities for Muslims, Hindus, Christians, and, and Jews. Oh, that's fabulous. Gosh, Josh. And that's also connected you in globally, right, to other companies and other company initiatives. Uh, I know that you shared that you guys are tracking this now. Uh, and it's just tremendous. So, uh, again, uh, folks, I told you this is going to be eye-opening out there for a lot of people because a lot of people think, oh, boy, we're heading in the wrong direction. I've talked to a number of people over the last, you know, 18 months that all felt, you know, until I start to enlighten them, oh, there's a lot going on. And what you're doing, Josh, with your work and, and the other companies that are getting involved is giving hope now. So one of the sure. conversations we've had is when you're able to bring your whole authentic self to work, what have you sure. seen that do for, you know, individuals? individuals and in their productivity, their engagement and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it changes everything. I, I've talked to lots of individuals that have left my firm mm -hmm. because they, they don't feel like they belong. Um, I have folks that just joined that, that don't get that sense of belonging. And, you know, the, the reality is, is it, yeah, in this day and age, if you can't bring your whole self to work, then you're given this unspoken uh, uh, theory from right. DEI and from larger, you know, talent organization that you don't belong. We don't. We don't right. want you here. Right. Uh, and so when folks feel like they're truly supported, like they're able to connect their, you know, spiritual purpose, and 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 people are looking out not just for their physical or emotional well-being, yeah. but their spiritual well-being as well. Yep. Yeah. It changes. It changes productivity. It changes longevity. Uh, it changes, you know, people's entire purpose. Yeah. Uh, and it gives people a lot of hope. Now, I know you're engaged in a global effort with other companies. Why don't you speak briefly on that and what that looks like and how that gets started? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm part of uh, Faith and Work Movement Global. Mm -hmm. uh, it started out of Silicon Valley, I think about 10 years ago, uh, as God was just sweeping through those companies and it now has spread uh, to many cities around the world. Uh, I lead our Chicago chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm specifically focused on connecting with uh, BRG or ERG leaders in the Chicagoland area that are doing this at many of the world's leading companies, getting together and doing things like uh, workplace worship nights, mm. where we have dozens of men and women after work coming together, uh, praying, worshiping, thinking about um, how to advance God's kingdom in their workplace. We have executive forums with Christian CEOs and executives sharing about their experience. Uh, we get together with other like-minded organizations around the Chicagoland area. And then we do community events uh, for building community in the in the city and encouraging one another in, in our purpose in our workplace. Yeah, that's fabulous, Josh. I, that is so uplifting and so much hope in that because uh, the train is at the station. It's leaving, isn't it? <laughs> God is fueling that thing up, but he's he's going to be out there taking care of this. What you know in in. How do people overcome their fear that they can't bring themselves to work? Or they, and the other part of it, just just to chew on this a little bit, is is faith. You know, work as ministry. Uh, now I know that you've 
grabbed a hold of this thing. This is your ministry. But how do you encourage people to think, think in that way, that show up and work with excellence, be that salt and light, be that beacon on the hill, you know, uh, to others, you know, as far as living out the Christian life and walking it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a big piece is what I started off with, which is encouraging people in their purpose, mm. that they are not forgotten by God. They're not disobeying God by going into the, you know, secular world, right? Uh, God has an eternal purpose for their work. Uh, and I, you know, I think a lot of what I encourage uh, individuals in their workplace that are maybe looking to incorporate their faith into the work to do is, you know, one, get involved or establish a, a faith-based group, start a Bible study, you know, start, yep. start a prayer group. It, it only starts with one person. And uh, fortunately, I've seen a lot of movements begin with just the faithfulness and steadfastness of one, one individual. Uh, yep. One of the reasons why I love that first Corinthians 15, 58 verse so much. Uh, and I think, you know, the other thing is just working with excellence and steadfastness. The, yep. One of the big things that we can do as Christians to demonstrate our faith just doing excellent work. There's that yep. great Martin Luther uh, quote, you know, about the Christian shoemaker, right? Brings glory to God, not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making excellent shoes. I love it. And I think that's, you know, we, we glorify God in the input and the output of our life. We sow for eternity and we recognize that most of our hours each week are at work. And so if we forsake our spiritual growth at work, we're stunting our spiritual growth generally. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, the other piece is just, it's just being honest about your faith, not being scared. I think a lot of people, uh, want to mask their faith. They want to, they don't want to talk about what they did on Sunday or Wednesday night. They, they don't want to mention that faith's important to them. And, you know, just those little things that we can do, uh, to, to, to help people understand that faith's important to us will ultimately change conversations. It'll change team culture. Um, and then I think the last thing is just being the most loving individual you can be. Uh, you know, we are, for most folks that we work with, we are the closest thing to Jesus in their lives. Mm. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's, it goes down to prioritizing people over tasks of working selflessly of, um, you know, just being positive and having that optimism, right? Because we have hope that, that cannot be taken away. Yep. Uh, another great, great way that I've, uh, kind of loved my coworkers is even praying for people or saying, yep. Hey, I'm praying for you, right? Yep. I'm being there and suffering with people during the hardships of life. Yeah, that's great, Jeff. Hey, real quick, uh, I, I, you know, I, these are two popular questions that I like to ask because it does reflect, you know, uh, some of your uh, wisdom. So, uh, what words of wisdom would you have given to your younger self? Yeah, I, I would go back to the loving thing that leadership and um, that le yeah, leadership is love. Mm -hmm. uh, that at the end of the day, it's not about authority. It's not about being the best at what I do. It's about loving people, being committed to others, the greater purpose and selflessly um, yeah, loving others. I think the other piece is just don't don't neglect your relationship with Jesus. Mm. Uh, prioritize that. That is the source of your strength, your energy, and your life. Right. That's awesome. And then uh, what's really pretty cool, amazing, and fun uh, about Josh Moore? 
Yeah, I the the thing I immediately thought of was uh, in 2015 I was studying abroad in China, uh, and I began coaching and playing American football for that university. That kind of scouted <laughs> me after they saw this tall white guy walking yeah. around campus. Um, and that season, I I ended up coaching and playing on the team, and I led the team to a national American football championship. We got our trophies, and we were even featured on the Chinese version of ESPN. I love it. I love it. That is so, so cool. Well, folks, we're going to be right back here for our next segment with Josh Moore. It's a mystery subject. We're going roundtable, so stay tuned and come back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're here again with Josh Moore uh, with a global management company. And Josh, what are we going to roundtable? Absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking we could talk a little bit about how we bring the fruit of the Spirit to our workplace. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And you got some wonderful things that you have uh, juxtapositionally opposing uh, different views. So why don't you start it out there and share a couple of those with us, and then we'll, we'll dive in. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, for many of us uh, who are Christians in the workplace, we're thinking about how can we start a movement of God's spirit? How can we, uh, you know, truly bring the spirit of God into our workplace? And we see examples, as we've mentioned, of corporate America. We see uh, examples in the Fulton Street revival back in the 1800s of God's spirit moving Mm -hmm. through workplaces, changing culture. Um, And I think, you know, I I recently read the book by Chris Evans called Fruit at Work, Mm. and I'd highly recommend that book uh, to anyone interested in doing some reading. But, you know, that book helped me understand how the fruit of the spirit that we see in Galatians 5 can be lived out in the workplace and can transform the workplace. Uh, You know, when when the fruits of the spirit are lived out in the workplace, we see trust is accumulated the workplace is transformed and the kingdom of God is advanced. And it's done uh, through shalom, mm. through peace, through wholeness. I think uh, there's some Jewish scholars that say that the entire Torah is for the sake of the ways of shalom and that shalom is the way things ought to be. It's this idea of renewal, reconciliation, re- reconciliation and restoration. It's the, the kingdom of God mm-hmm. advanced. Yep. Um, and so, you know, you look at the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those seem, uh, you know, I think like just sort of spiritual concepts. But then when you redefine some of these terms, uh, they become a lot more real and a lot more applicable to the workplace. And so let's take an example. So love, instead of it being just love, now it's unselfish and uncalculated commitment hmm. or kindness is love with legs it's mentoring it's encouragement it's volunteering Um, or goodness goodness is integrity and it's doing the right thing the right way Uh, and i think you know if you if you hear some of those terms those terms should sound familiar to many of us in corporate america because those are our corporate values right you look at any corp any list of corporate values you can pull back to scripture and probably back to the fruit of the spirit um, and yet I think our, our cultures so often embody the opposite of these values, right? Like the opposite of joy is burnout. How yep. many of us are yep. burnt out or the opposite of goodness is 
dishonesty and corruption. Mm. Uh, and I don't even need to talk about the stats of corporate corruption. You can just right. go on yep. the New York Times. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so I think the issue is that not that we're not aiming at the right things. I think you look at corporate America, they're aiming at the right things. They have those principles in mind. But the issue is that they're relying on the wrong thing. Mm. And they're trying to do it out of self-sufficiency, out of their own strength, out of their own intellect. But as Christians, we have the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God within us, moving through us. And it's only through the Spirit that we can bring about this level of fruit and transformation. And I think in many ways, to our companies, we're actually their best asset because we're some of the few with the power to truly live out these corporate values, bring shalom, uh, and transform the workplace. Mm. You hit it on the head, buddy. I couldn't have said any better. And I love the illustration that you paint with that because the opposite of those is probably more prevalent today, you know, in the workplace, <laughs> as you pointed out, you know, kindness, rivalry, and harshness, you know, and, um, faithfulness, disloyalty, and lack of trust. I mean, you know, coming through this whole pandemic and a lot of that stuff. So my belief is that was orchestrated by God because it was a course correction. You know, we were getting mm -hmm. off track much like what the, the Jews did in the Old Testament, right? Why did Jesus come to earth? And why was he here? His presence for three years. What was his ministry? What was it all about? And by the way, the, guy, the, the people that he chose to be his disciples, where'd they come from? The marketplace. Right. And, yes, you know, absolutely. that work is, is quoted more times in the Bible than worship. So obviously it's ordained. God created us to work. You know, what did he do for the first seven days, six days? Right. He worked. And what was the That's first, right. what was the first job assignment he gave? He gave it to Adam, right? <laughs> tell my, name my animals and tell my garden, you know? <laughs> absolutely. So, and yeah. And, you know, we'll be working in, in heaven too. I yep. think that's, that's a concept that a lot of Christians forget. Uh, you know, we go about, go around kind of scurrying for our perfect job. Yep. But as Christians, we know our perfect job doesn't exist. Our work here and our jobs now point to our perfect job in eternity. Yep. And the other thing, too, you know, we talked about that. Work is ministry, okay? And I think I've seen, I've seen a transformation with people uh, with their faith when they start to realize that work is is you know, a ministry. And it's not preached. It's not told from the pulpit. You know, 90% of the congregation on, on a Sunday, you know, gets up and goes to work in the morning and, 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 you know, and leaves Jesus in the car. So what would happen if only 40 or 50% of them took Jesus in to work with them? And also right. understood that their ministry and what we're calling is to work with excellence, to be that light on the hill, right? And to beam out the glory of God by example. Uh, you don't have to go in there and proselytize, beat people over the head, be judgmental. It's just show up and show your love towards your coworkers with things that are important, right? And that's the human part of this is to be loving of our, uh, you know, and selfless to other people to really genuinely care. And I think we're getting that to that point where I think God through this pandemic is helping us get back to be humans again, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's humanness and being back together. I know that uh, for me this last year, uh, people were just pent up and man, seeing the joy in people's faces, getting back out again, hugging each other, you know, loving on each other. Uh, it's what a joyful experience it's been. Um, 
And also, like I said, you know, the outpouring of generosity that I experienced just this last year through, uh, you know, a major health hiccup and uh, that I'd never experienced ever before like that in my life. And I truly believe that I wouldn't have experienced that like that at that uh, level and at that emotional uh, impact on me pre-pandemic. Uh, I just don't believe that it would have that would have been that of that magnitude. So again, I I, uh, I want to encourage everybody out there that's listening. You know, you've heard it from Josh, and this should be terribly encouraging what he has presented today. That there's a lot of good things that are happening out there. Uh, we're not going to hell in a handbasket here. There's a, and also to lift up our young people. Josh is a, is a young uh, person, and he's he's getting this, and he's is dynamic, and his leadership is showing up at these places. So I want to thank you, Josh, for for your time today and sharing with our audience exactly some of the things that are going on out there. Hopefully, with some pretty eye opening deals, you know, for people. And uh, this won't be the last time that you're on the show. I hope <laughs> you know Absolutely being able to awesome. share more yeah. with with people. That that are out there. Well, folks, uh, got an announcement here. This is my last show on AM 1160. Uh, I've been on here a decade, and we have agreed that uh, there's uh, new opportunities for both of us. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be turning the show into full podcast. So as you get, see on the website, you can go out there on Google or Apple. The website's got the, both of the podcast stations out there. We're going to expand that coming up. And I just hope that you'll take the opportunity to get out there on the web and on the on the site. Also, um, you know, this ministry is run by the by generous donations from folks out there that like what we're doing and being able to get out there. And we've been doing it a long time, so there's a donate button out there too. So if you've got a few extra pennies you'd like to share and keep this ministry going, I'd really appreciate it. So that is what I am sharing with you guys. So just get out there, check it out, faithmarketplace.com. We're not going anywhere. We're just going to be in a different medium. And I want to thank. AM 1160 for this wonderful journey we've been on together. They've been so generous and so faithful to helping uh, this ministry stay connected with the, the greater, you know, greater good out there, as it were, and that's uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then uh, that's who we report to, by the way. So I'm not going to take credit for any of this stuff. He's the person that I, I take credit for. We'll be seeing you in the future. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.